actually, that's what I learned. Even through this situation, I learned to trust the Lord um, because even though the world, the world uh, tremble and is shaken and be thrown into the sea, God will still remain God. So I have to look to him and trust him and believe him. Three things I learned, which is not part of my sermon, which is not my sermon. Three things that hold on to God when you go through a hard time. Trust him because he remains God and remains faithful. He has answers to every problem and he has answers to every question. And sometimes some of those questions we feel that are very, very hard. He makes a way of escape and he makes a way through it. And secondly, I learned also to stick close to God's people. That when you have a, a challenge, these God's people are the ones God has given us to encourage us, to pray with us, and to encourage us, to tell us, keep on. You are more than a conqueror. You are making it. Because a time when sometimes you can't pray yourself, there are times when you can't pray yourself, but you have faith and you believe in God, I know, Lord, you are there. But someone else uh, prays for you. One day I, was, I had a challenge of the same, and um, it was just a, an attack. And it was an attack while I was, I was ministering. And um, she began praying for me. And uh, all the, some people in the church who knew the kind of attack that we were going through, they prayed. They prayed. In the space of 10 minutes, the attack was gone. Because I, I fell into a trance, and I saw these demons who had come from all over. And uh, like they, were f they had filled our town, and they had come with all these kind of um, earth-moving machines, like those big tractors you see doing the roads. And all earth-moving, they had come, and uh, they were talking to me that if you keep on doing what you are doing, we're going to kill you. And I said, no, you can't kill me. I am preaching the gospel. I will preach again. But in the background, I was, he, I was listening to her pray for me. And she was praying and rebuking and rebuking. And instead of a few minutes, I was okay. I got up, went back to church, and preached again. <laughs> so, um, you know, it just depends with where, we, where you are and the kinds of attacks you can have. But when you have God's people standing close to you, God's people are a great help. God's people are a great support. So that's what we need. We need them and we need fellowship. And fellowship is powerful. And that's why God made us one body, one body, one body. And so we are one because of that. And number three, you stick to God's word. And you have those big challenges you go through. Stick to God's word. God's word never fails. Because God never fails. And his word never fails. And um, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, this is what I've come to believe. Like what Job said, though he slays me, I will still trust in him. You know, he trusted God to that point that though whatever happens, I'm not going to blame him. I'm not going to leave him. I'm not going to stop preaching about him. And I'm going to 
not going to twist the truth or water down the word of God because of my situation. And because when you go through a situation, a challenge, and you are a pastor, whoa, I don't know about here, but there, um, people look at it differently. A pastor going through a, a situation, but pastors are human beings. With the calling of God <laughs> upon their lives, they are called by God, but they, they also just face challenges like we do. Jesus faced challenges on earth. But he overcame. And so the gospel, I mean the, 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 I mean, the word you preach is tested. The word you preach, you believe, is tested. The testimonies you give are tested. And the question, can you still stand on God's word even when God's word is tested? And I believe that's why most people, when you go through a hard situation and it's too big, you... Some people just decide not to talk about God again. So maybe I'm not talk about his, his word or preach it the way it is. The word of God remains the same. And it is true. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God remains the word of God. And nothing can change it. It is forever settled in heaven. And so we hold on to it. And we believe him in all situations, in all circumstances. God's word is yes, and God's word is amen. It can't be watered down, and it's not dependent on what we go through or what we feel about it or about or what we feel in our bodies. Yeah, that's why I said that even if the mountains will be shaken, and tomorrow you wake up and this, the mountains around Glenwoods are not there. I say, what happened to the mountains? All the mountains were moved into the, into the ocean. And uh, it is proof that all the mountains are moved to the ocean. Nothing will shake God. He remains God. Hallelujah. So what I wanted to share for a few minutes is uh, about prayer. And God taught me, through these challenges, God really taught us about praying and believing God and holding together in prayer for, for us and for the saints and for the church. And especially when COVID came, COVID, I call it a demon that came and didn't just come to target the world, it came to target the church. And I would say that because of what was happening in our country, because in our country it was very serious. Um, in some countries we had people who were going to church, uh, people who are still, you know, they made us not to come to church. And if they found people walking together or close to one another, they beat you up, they forced you, to a social distance, to stay away. And the, 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 the thing that made me think that it was demonic, we're having elections in country or even in our country. And they were having um, gathering and campaigns. And thousands of people were meeting and just standing next to each other. But when this 
the people who are concerned with health comes and say, okay, this is what we have for today. Our, our briefing for tonight is that maintain social distance, um, make sure you wear your mask, sanitize and wash your hands, and avoid gatherings, especially churches. Oh, especially churches. And so it got into people's mind completely, especially churches. And so I meet people in, um, in the supermarket, because the supermarket we were allowed to go. So we get in the supermarket, supermarkets were closed for some time, then they opened up the supermarkets, so we could go to the supermarket, and you say, oh, I've not seen you in church for a while. I said, oh, pastor, it's COVID. It is COVID. I said, COVID, but I come to church. You know, they made us have this one meter, one and a half meters, you know, distance there and there, and a mask, and we wash when we come in, we write names, we give you a number, we sanitize, I mean, we disinfect all the seats after, you know, after every service. And so we had a hard time um, after in between the services uh, trying to uh, disinfect the, you know, the, 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 the seats, the ground, the toilets, everywhere. And didn't go on for one month. It went on for a whole year. So uh, whole of 2020, 2021, so we just resumed normal church services last year. So guess what happened at that time? So when you meet people, say, I've not seen you for a while. He said, oh, pastor, it's just that thing. I said, no, but in church it's safer. It's even safer. We've made it even safer. He said, oh, no, I will come. I will come. And I still think, some of them are still thinking. Oh, no. <laughs> or how to come and when to come back. And then there are those who, when we opened up the first day, because they said only 100 people were allowed to come to church, and, um, and uh, we had now to control the crowd, 100 people. And the service was to begin at 8 o'clock, 7, 7.30. The 100 people were seated and waiting for 8 o'clock. I said, Lord, what a hunger. What a thirst. You know, what a thirst. Those who were hungry were hungry. And they came. And we, you know, we had service. And then they left. Then another group came in. And they were so diligent. So we said, no. Um, uh, uh, so we said, because of, uh, of what was going on, we got to learn a lot about what will happen. If today we just said uh, the persecution came up, people, something happened and there's persecution, can we still love Jesus? Can we still follow Jesus? Can we still preach Jesus? Can we still believe in Jesus? Can we still talk about Jesus? Whew. So faith is not faith until it is tested. When you are tried, when faith is tried, it is tested, then you say, wow, he has faith. I think Jesus saw faith because faith can be seen. And he saw it and said, wow, he saw their faith and he looked up and marveled. So this man, four men who brought their sick person and they could not make it to the building. They just wanted their friend to reach to where Jesus is. 
and they 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 make they made made it possible for uh, to lure him. And Jesus saw their faith. Another place say, "Go home. Your faith has made you whole." So that faith was because it was tested. Even this woman with the issue of blood, that faith was tested. It was tested. She came and she found that there was no room. She could not penetrate. And let me tell you, this life is not just fair. And things are not just fair out there. You just, they just must just live by faith. And you just must believe. And you just must pray. You just must hear the word for yourself. Because there are things people can do for you, but there are things people can do for you. Ah, it's true. It's very true. There are things people can do for you. And so you just have to stand and say, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to walk this walk. Because your walk with God is your personal walk. No wonder they say, it's, Jesus is my personal Savior. We, 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 we say, Jesus is our Savior. Yes, but when it comes now to that, he say, he's your, he's my personal Savior. Worship, like we were doing today, and uh, any other time when we are alone, is personal. It, you can, nobody can do it for you. And so we have to rise beyond the challenges of this world and the challenges we see and believe God and trust God that no matter what, we are going to trust in you and we are going to believe in you and follow your ways. Hallelujah. And we are going to pray. And so what happened? So that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, I think... Uh, yeah, she's going to ask me, what, so what did you talk about? <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about. So that's what I'm talking about. The, the importance of prayer in our lives and importance of prayer in the church and the importance of prayer in family, importance of prayer in our lives. Hallelujah. You know, God, want to fill this earth with glory. It happened, we had, you know, I was, I'm just back to that story of 2020, 2020, 2021, and how ministry was very different. Ministry was very different. I went to a hospital. One of our pastors was very sick. It was, they had put all these things, you know, on him. And, um, and, um, and they told me, no, you can't enter. I said, at least even if you don't want me to touch him, let me pray. Let me pray. I'm the pastor, I'm the priest. So I told them, you know, I, I told them all, they gave them all the names they want to know. Tell them they're a pastor, they just look down at pastor, pastor is just pastor. So if you say, I'm a priest, <laughs> it's more powerful. So they... <laughs> Let me in. So I went in. And uh, I said to a brother, he was not, I didn't know he was, he was hearing, but later on, after he had gotten out of the thing, he said, 
I heard you. They had sedated me. I could not hear. I would know what was going on. But I heard the prayers. And I heard your, faith, your, your, your words of encouragement. And so I prayed. And prayed not only for him, but also for the person next. The person that was next. And we prayed and we believed for healing and for restoration. God healed him. And God restored him. But the most important thing there was that I had you pray for me. I had you pray for me. Just the way you prayed for us. And uh, when we were reading about your prayers and reading about, I said, wow, God hears prayers and God answers prayers. So why is it so important that people pray? You know, why is it so important that people pray? You know, prayer, it just makes us depend on God. It, it talks of our, our dependency on God. That we are depending on God. You know, God can do, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, even what we think or ask for. According to the power that works within us. But he says, pray. When you pray, he expects us to pray. He expects us to fast. He expects us to wait upon him. He expects us to connect because the way has been made for us we have an access into the throne of grace. And we have an access into the kingdom of God. We are children of God. Now we belong to him. So our citizenship changed. Now we are in this kingdom. We belong to him. We are children of God. We are sons of God. Royal priesthood. Peculiar people. A holy nation. We have become. Hallelujah. And in this kingdom, we have a Lord and we have a king. And this Lord of ours is Jesus. That's why he says, if you confess the Lord, Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Jesus has become our Lord. Lord. And is ruling our lives. And if Jesus is ruling our life, that's actually what it meant that in our old ways, we used to walk in our, old desire, in our own desires and do our own things. But now, we don't do that. Now, we are owned by Jesus. Now, because now we are his, now we need to pay our allegiance. See, paying allegiance is the right word? Uh, allegiance. Our allegiance to him, to our Lord. And tell him our dependence on him. It will just be very, very, very bad and hard if someone was married and they say, I don't need you. I don't need you at all in my life. We are just there, but I don't need you. Yeah, that marriage will not have um, a grip or hold because nobody needs anybody. And I think the reason why we are married because we need one another. <laughs> we need one another. The reason why we are called family with our children and with our grandchildren is because we need one another. And so family will depend. And um, even that's what I'm learning that uh, now my children, 
Now my grandchildren, our grandchildren, they're not only mine. Our, <laughs> our grandchildren, <laughs> I wanted to say mine too. Our grandchildren, by the way, since we left last time we were here, I think we only had one, one grandchild. Now we have four. Yeah, now we have four grandchildren. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they depend, they look to us so much. Grandpa, grandma. And we tell them, I am the father to your father. And so what made me very excited the other day, just last week, um, uh, one of my grandson told my son that I'm going to report you to grandpa. <laughs> I felt so good. <laughs> I felt so good. Say, man, report him, report him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because another thing actually what's happening is that I'm, I'm losing the hold. Yeah, I'm losing hold. You know, I named my children, but then when they had their children, they named their children. And the name they gave their children was their own names. The name they thought was fit for their children. Then I was still wanting to hold on to tight as uh, I found out that when I was giving them names, my, my father was not there. So that was interference. Hallelujah. But it's a family. We depend on one another. But in this kingdom, we depend on God. That's why we talk to him. About our needs, about our fears, about our problems, about what's going on in our lives. We Talk to him. And what I learned about prayer, it is not begging. We don't beg. We commune. We fellowship with our maker, our Lord, our Savior. We have been privileged. We have an access. Now, it is not the priest who does that on our behalf? It is not the pastor who does that on our behalf. It is not some elder who does that on our behalf. All of us who have received Jesus, we have, we have an access and we have a relationship. And because we have a relationship, and because we have a relationship with him, we can talk to him. So prayer, um, I can say, it will fill the earth with the glory of God and fill our lives with glory. Habakkuk 2 verse 14. Prayer can also open heavens above us and our cities. What happened uh, when we were starting in Bungoma? Um, Bungoma was very different when we began. I think every time I've come here, I've talked about an... Animism, I think the right word, the word is animism. Worship of, um, worshipping of ancestors. And that's what our people believed in so much. And which doctor said witchcraft. And um, <clears throat> because of that, it, it, the darkness, darkness just covers and hoovers around the place. So it's like some places when you go, you just feel the presence a strange presence because of 
the environment that is there. When believers, you know, we are the light. We are the salt and we are the light. When we move into a place, automatically light and salt. Salt to bring flavor and light to expel darkness. And the atmosphere of the place changes. Even the heavens changes. When we pray, we feel different than when we used to feel when you're praying because prayer was like you pray and you pray and you pray and like it's hitting the ceiling and coming. That's where now persistence is needed, fervency is needed because, because it's like this place just needs um, God's intervention. I'm telling you. So when we prayed, more people gave their lives to the Lord, and the more people that gives their lives to the Lord, the more salt and the more light. More salt, more light. More salt, more light. And then our area now, ah, the glory of God is now felt, the presence of God is now felt because there are people there who believe in Jesus and those people who believe in Jesus are the light of that area. Just the way now, you are the light of Glenwood. Woo! I'm the salt. Oh, you make this place to taste. You give it flavor. Wow, you can imagine the food without salt. Oh, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You see how to finish this, okay? I'm almost, almost, almost. Almost. So, so God's presence in a geographical area will be seen when we have more. That's why you need to go out there and talk about Jesus to people. When they believe, we are changing the world and we are changing the environment. We are changing an area and we are changing the nation because the nation knows God. Just like she's talking about hundreds of tribes of groups of people who don't know Jesus. Or a group of people who have not had the gospel or they have got the, had the gospel but they still believe in their ancestral way of doing things. So that's why we need the preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel. And the preacher need to be sent. The preacher need to be sent to preach the gospel. The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone that believes. And even through the, the, the foolishness of preaching that gospel, because to those who perish, it is foolishness. To, her, to us, it is the power of God. So when it's preached, in those, it will bring light. Now, in the preaching of the gospel, people need to be sent. And Jesus told us one thing. He said, pray for 
laborers because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are very few. Very few. Because those even who are supposed to be laborers are not doing, are not laboring. <laughs> yeah, not laboring. We pray for laborers. So, look at what God said in Second Chronicles 7, 13 to 15. Say, if I shut up the heavens, so there's no rain. Or if I demand, command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestle among my people, in my, among my people, you know, without God, things can happen. Like we had drought, we had pestilence of locusts, invasion of locusts in our country. Um, the last three, two years, I believe, 2019, 2020. So we are having COVID and we are having also locusts invaded <laughs> invaded Kenya. But thank God for our president. He called for prayer. So he called for prayer. He called for all the ministers, the church ministers, the leaders of organizations, different churches, and they went to Nairobi to repent and to pray. And uh, God had our prayers. The locusts which were already, you know, swarming our country, they just made an about turn. Phew! And they flew to the other direction. And so we thank God for that because, you know, locusts do havoc and are not good, even though we love eating them. You can't eat all of them. You can't finish them. But the few that came to our area, we ate them. We were trying, you know, yeah, we see it flying. And why not? Why not? <laughs> we were raised in eating locusts, you know, eating those big things. Yeah. yeah, grasshoppers. Hallelujah. So, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, I'll heal their land, and now my eyes will be open and my ear will be attentive to their prayers that's offered in this place. So, heaven's open when the church, when the people of God pray. So we have an open heaven. In an open heaven, I don't want to get into uh, serious theological things. I like preaching simple sermons and, and gospels. Um, I leave um, complications to the other guys. Me, I just talk about an open heaven because I know that heaven can be like brass. But when prayer of the saints is made, are made, the prayers of the saints, they will reach God. Jesus has made a way for us. And so he's the way. He's the connection. Just the way you take your telephone, Long, long time ago, it used to be very hard to reach people in Africa. But now it has become easy. In the evening, after we have done our, our, our service, on my phone, it always goes, ding! New creation has begun the service. 
Yeah, so uh, every, every Sunday, every time you have your service on my phone, it goes, ding! It notifies me that new creation has begun the service. So I can watch some and see what's going on. So I get to hear also what's going on. So the world has become very small. We are not in dark ages. But even with that, we know our God has given us a direct line. Each one of us, you have a direct line. You have a personal line. Like talking to the president of America. And you have a line. You've given a phone. And this, this is a personal line. And if you want to call, don't have to go through the secretary. Don't go through anything like state house. No, this is called state house. No, white house. Over there we call it state house. White house, no. You just make a call and say, Mr. President, how are you doing today? Okay, this is what I wanted you to do for me. Oh, I just want to talk to you. I just want to know to touch bases with you. They say, oh, my son. God. And that's what we have with God. Each one of us. Direct line. Direct line. You don't have to go through the priest. No. You don't have to go through the priest. You have an open heaven. Because your sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Wow. So, in finishing, you need discipline to do that. We need to, dis to discipline ourselves to pray. Because prayer is the most fought thing in our lives as believers. Because it connects us to the relationship and to fellowship with the Father. And so it is fought, and it is fought with um, busyness of this world. The cares of our own lives. Like I wake up in the morning, I want to do this, I want to do that, and that, that. At the evening, I am so tired. And even the one preaching to you, thank God for my wife, is prayerful and always reminds me, we need to pray. Pray some more. We need to pray. Because sometimes it's easy to tell people, I'm praying for you. And you don't pray. This is what Mama Doris used to say. Mama Doris, a missionary who came over to help us start the ministry there. She, um, she uh, could, if you tell her, I need your prayers. She said, oh, now, if you need your prayers, we are praying for you now. And I asked her, why do you usually do that? She told me, because people never pray for you after they have left. Very few people go pray for you. But the rest of the people never pray. After they have said, I will pray, praying. I'm praying for you. No, they're lying. They're saying the truth. They're not praying. They're thinking you. They're thinking you. They think about you. But they're not praying because prayer is setting aside time and saying, I bring my brother before you and this is needs. And Lord, I ask for your blessing. I ask for your, you know, I ask for your guidance. Lord is in need of this. Lord is sick. Lord is in this problem. Lord, hear our prayers. So that's committing someone in prayer. But if you just think about him, yeah, he said in prayer. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's not praying. Hallelujah. So, when we began praying the, uh, during COVID, and during COVID, 
revival broke out in, uh, in our lives, especially in our church. Because usually the problem is not with God. The problem is with us. Yeah, God does not have any problem. God is always willing to bless us and always ready. But it's me who has a hard time receiving even what God is giving me. He's prepared a table for us. And say, come eat, everything is prepared. So, oh Lord, I'll come tomorrow. I don't have time now. Lord, I'm too tired to eat. And you are hungry. It's for your benefit. It's for your good. But you feel you can't do it. So you postpone it. The cares of this world. The cares of this world. People were invited for a dinner. One said, oh, I've just bought a plow. A plow. I'm going to test it. And so I cannot come. So that was their new job. Occupation. So it made them forget completely. And yet, God wants us in our occupation to serve us, to serve him there. Wherever we are. Then another one said, oh, I'm married. I just got a new wife. New wife. <laughs> I cannot come to the banquet. He said, wow, that is family issues. So my son used to, like when we could drive and someone comes and overtakes us and goes. He said, could ask, dad, you mean you don't, your, your vehicle has no fuel? Why can't you overtake him? I said, no, he's late for dinner. Maybe he's late for dinner. We have our own way. We know where we are going. We're not going where, he's go where he's going. So we can't cruise our vehicle to follow him. Everybody has their own things and issues. And family issues can take up our time. Another one, the last guy. Hallelujah. God wants us to commune, have good time fellowship, intimacy with him. And it is for our benefit, not for his benefit, because when we are connected, we are happy. We have peace when we are connected, don't you think so? You, even coming to church, you can, you know, go home and clap for yourself. Oh, I made it! I went to church! I was glad I was there! You feel good! No, I know you don't do that. I do. <laughs> Especially prayer meeting. After I've attended prayer meeting, I goes, wow, I made it. Because usually just before the prayer meeting, someone calls and say, Pastor, this is very urgent. This is very urgent. You need to pray for me now. I'm coming right now. Or my, I'm, this and this happening in my family, I'm coming. And so I end up missing the prayer meeting right in the church compound. Right, right in the church area, I'm in the office, and people are praying. So when I overcome that, and I tell them, no, I will do it after prayer. And I come and pray, and after prayer, I go, <sighs> Because there's such a peace and a relief of doing the right thing and being in the right place. Oh, so may God 
Revive our hearts. Help us to love him and to connect with him all the time in the area of prayer, in the area of seeking his face. When that happened, we began seeing people increase in the numbers of prayer services in our church. And it has grown and grown and grown. And thank God for what is happening. Hallelujah. So thank you so much. Can we just connect with us that word? Maybe just stand on our feet and just pray together. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. A way maker. The one who has made us to have an access. That now when we ask anything according to your will, you hear us and you do it for us. We thank you, Father, for the burden of prayer. Not only for us, but for people around us. For our town, for our city, for our nation. For the world which is dying. The world that is hopeless. Lord, we pray. We give you praise and we give you honor. Thank you, Lord, that we'll find time and create time and be there and be available and fellowship with you and commune with you. Even in our own time, we will because we love you. You love us. We give you the glory and honor. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Um, I think I come to the end of uh, my sharing. And uh, welcome back to Bungoma. Yeah, I just also want to invite you to come back to Bungoma. And I remember, Pastor, the, the last church you planted. You know, the, this church has helped us to plant churches. You know, we have a children's home. We have an orphanage. We, have, we do street children ministry that we feed. And we have a church. We have a Bible school. And we plant churches. And uh, I think the, the last church you planted, um, it was like that when we did the crusade, we didn't have like many people that showed up at the crusade. But later on, the Lord blessed that church, and that church, God has really filled it with people. So we just thank God for you know, that good report that um, you've helped us to do that. Several churches you've planned and helped us even buy the plot and build the churches, and that church was built also, and um, is doing very well, and those are also one of the reports that I wanted to bring. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord. You can be seated for just a minute. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That is great news. That the church is filled up and prospering and doing well. Amen. Praise the Lord. Prayer. It's just such a vital part of where we are right now. Amen. And, uh, you know, there's always something that can get in the way of prayer in our prayer time. But that was a great exhortation about prayer. And in that place of prayer, you know, talking about that prayer, and then they, you know, difficult situations come, and you're praying, and you have those things. I love even, you know, the three points that you started out with and saying, you know what, we learned some things 
through some issues. Sometimes people don't learn through issues. They just struggle through issues. But to always trust in God because God's faithful, right? To not forsake his people. His people, you know, we have all kinds of differences, but they gather around and pray and support and stick with the word of God. Just foundational things that will take you through anything. And then just to talk to us about prayer and how important prayer is and that fellowship with God and how we just go to God. We can bring our requests to him. He's the answer to everything. He has the answer uh, to every single thing. Yet sometimes we want to go to people. We want to go to the internet. We want to go to things. I know there's natural things, but even when it gets real tough, we'd rather just go quickly to look up something, try to get somebody to give us an answer when really spending time with him will produce the answer for what we really have need of. And so, you know, even that last part there, when you commit yourself to prayer, you know this, I know many of you are prayers, but the enemy will always offer up things, work, family issues and all that to, so that you say, well, you know what, I'll just skip today. And then after I skip today, I'll skip tomorrow. And then after I skip tomorrow, I skip the next day. And pretty soon your prayer life is affected and, and the relationship. But as we say, you know, we just determine what's most important and not let something get in that way. And sometimes you just have to reschedule. Sometimes you just have to say, you know what, I'm just going to sit here and, and, and recognize, you know, like we said this morning, just recognize how much God loves me. When I know how much God loves me, and I, and I learn to, because of that love, reciprocate, I want to spend time with Him. And prayer becomes a joy and something we get to do in, in personally spending time with God not something that we feel like we have to do. And in that place of communion and just recognizing, God, you love me so much. You've given me everything that I need to live out this life and live it in the way that you have paid the price for me to be able to live in a godly manner. I don't have to be subject to all the things of the world anymore because I've been born again. And you're not just my Savior, you're my Lord. You have the direction for my life. You know the course for my life. But I don't know that, you know that. So in order to know that direction, that place, I need to spend time with you. Not just rush in to find direction, but to know you so intimately and personally that you constantly, through relationship, are able to direct my path. Amen? And so that exhortation to prayer for us is just so vital, important, and uh, we get to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Amen. How many of you are blessed by that word? Praise the Lord. We were taught the word today. It's just so many things going on, uh, uh, as he said there, in their life, in Africa, in the ministry there. And so we get an opportunity as they've come here to minister to us. We get to communicate uh, uh, really just so many things that we get to sow into right here. We get to sow in because just as the, the word says we're taught the word, we should communicate with the teacher in all good things, communicate back to the teacher. But we also know, you know, there's been challenges for them that we get to sow into their life and help in that area. There's a ministry over there in church planning and touching a region of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ that God's called them to. So we get to sow seed into an area of the world that we might not be able to go to, but we can sow into that so that people will be blessed with the gospel. And the children's home, uh, you know, they, the, the orphanage that they have, the children's home, we get to sow into the lives of children who don't have uh, families. They have a family now because they've opened the children's home. And so there's just so many things that they're doing that right now we get the opportunity to sow into. 
And our finances are like seed. Sometimes, you know, as we're talking about it, we think, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to sow this dollar and then $5 is going to come back to me. But you know, how often did you sow an apple seed and then you get five apple seeds back? It doesn't come in that form, right? It comes in the form of an apple and there's seeds in the apple. So sometimes we just think about that, but we're sowing in, but when we sow in, it produces lives saved into the kingdom of God. Children helped, bodies healed, people ministered to. And so it may just look like, you know, a dollar bill or whatever God tells you to or a check, but we're sowing something in eternal, in eternal ground that reaps a harvest of souls, reaps uh, manifestations of what God is doing to rescue people in their lives and really just helps people uh, uh, come forward in life. So the seed that we're planting, God says, I'll bless you back. I'll give you more seed to sow. But really understand the seed that you're sowing and what form the harvest or the fruit comes in, right? So he didn't say you'll plant money and get a money tree. He said when you plant seed, it begins to reap from the precious fruit of the earth. But when you need more seed to sow and you need bread for food, I'll give you seed to sow and I'll give you bread for food, right? So he'll bless you so you, have, you can get things that you need. But he says, I'll give you more seed to sow. And so sometimes we get our sowing off and we think, if I sow this, then something's going to come back like this. No, we're sowing in the kingdom concerning lives being changed, ministry going forth, uh, people being affected. And then God says, when you understand that, I'll give you all kinds of seed to sow. I'll give you bread for what you need when you see truly what you're sowing into what you're sowing into, and what will come from that. Lives changed. Amen? So we get a chance to sow into lives changed over in Bungoma, Africa, in that region. Amen? Isn't that awesome? So we want to receive an offering for Pastor Justice and Margaret and uh, the work that they're doing in Africa. It is awesome. Uh, again, we'll have to follow the Spirit of God if you, we get an opportunity to go back, but uh, you know, we've sent a few teams, and it's just been awesome. The first trip that we took to Kamkuyua, uh, we did a crusade there. That's when we sat there in the, in the car. Uh, we, were, we did the crusade, then we were about to do Sunday service. And he was telling me, I was saying, okay, so how does this all work? I mean, this was years ago. How, do, how does this all work? We've come and done this crusade, which was interesting. I don't want to take too much of your time, but it, it's just fun to know and, and to remember. You know, that whole crusade, there was a witch doctor. He was talking about there. There was a witch doctor there who would come. I mean, he just created all kinds of ruckus. We didn't even know what he was doing. And uh, uh, <laughs> things were happening anyway. It was, it was an odd thing for us because we hadn't been around that. And so he was telling us that. So, you know, there was a, a hindrance that was trying to stop the gospel going forth there. And so I said, so how does this work? He says, well, we'll have this, and we've rented this room, and it was very small, and, and we'll start church here, and then church will grow. And then eventually the church will grow, and, and we'll get a piece of property. And, you know, he told, shared the whole process. And I, and I just said, so what will, what, how much will that take? How long will it take? How much money will it take to, to get a plot of ground and build a building? He said, well, I don't know, about $7,000 U.S. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, we're here to get this started. That won't be any problem. Uh, we'll do it, right? We'll just do it. I came home and said, all right, everybody, this is, and uh, we took an offering. We, had, we, had, we bought that right there out of one, one offering, just right there, right? And so we did that. What We've we done four or five. 
Five churches in Bungoma, Africa. You have planted five churches in Bungoma, Africa. We've gone and we've done a, uh, that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so that one in Kumkuyo, we went back and we dedicated, uh, we've been able to dedicate two of those buildings, two or three, um, uh, of those buildings, but we went to the first one in Kemkuiwa. It was a great celebration, and the children sang, Jesus is a winner man. <laughs> Jesus is a winner man. The devil is a loser man. <laughs> Amen. Just celebrating what God had done and the victory that they had. And so there's just so much that God has done that he's going to continue to do and that we get a part in that as a body through a divine connection. And uh, praise the Lord. Maybe you'll get the opportunity to go. We'll plant some more. Amen. So what you're, what you're giving to uh, really is planting and it's affecting things. And as you said, the last one, we got a plot of, plot of land and, and built a building. And even though it took a little bit of time, it has grown and it's filled up and people are being blessed in that community. Praise the Lord. And so uh, the people who went with us to um, Turkey will like this. You know, we have got real experiences and, and you send us over and it's awesome. In, uh, in uh, Turkey, we got detained and uh, threatened to be arrested in Turkey, uh, Matt and I. And when we went to the last church that we went to, uh, Tasha was taking or she had a camera out. And we got pulled over uh, by guards with guns, and we're so thankful that Pastor Justice knew how to talk his way out of, I think he knew somebody in the government. They took the camera, they were threatening us, and I think he said, I know so-and-so, and I will give, just give me a phone, I'll give them a call. And they said, here, you can have your camera back, and then we headed off. Uh, but praise the Lord. Great experiences when you're in the mission field, and uh, through all of that, God still continues to just get his work done and bless people all over the world. Amen. So we're thankful in their obedience to God, and we get to be a part in that. So I thank you ahead of time for your generosity, and I, I just know, and we're going to pray, that God gives you more seed to sow and opportunity uh, to sow into lives that the kingdom of God might grow. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word that we've received. We thank you for divine connections all over the world. Father, that what you've called us to do here and reach our community is only part of the big vision that you have. Because you want the gospel preached all over the world to every creature. So that everyone gets an opportunity to hear of your goodness, of your salvation, of your great grace that you've released towards us in sending Jesus to die for us. And what you did for us, you did for every single person, no matter where they are in the world. So thank you for giving us divine connections all over the world, for blessing us as a people, that we might sow into these places in the world where it might take months, months, maybe even years, to be able to have a meeting place set apart for the gospel. That because we're a blessed place, we can help. Help facilitate. Help speed up the gospel. Getting planted firmly in villages and communities and other places in the world. And so we thank you for this opportunity to give. 
We command it to be blessed, to be multiplied towards Pastor Justice and Margaret. And we declare it will be multiplied back to each and every giver. We thank you that you supply every need according to your riches and glory. I thank you as they sow, you'll give more seed to them to sow and bread for food. You'll multiply the seed of their righteousness. Increase them in every way and increase their generosity that they're able to give. That thanksgiving will go up to you through us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. Forgive me for taking up your time reminiscing a little bit about our, our time in Bungoma. Praise the Lord. But you all are part of that, and um, it's a great blessing. Why don't you stand up after the buckets go by? Okay, so out there in the foyer, Margaret has jewelry uh, that they're selling out there, and all the proceeds go to Bungoma Bible School or the ministry there, yeah. So if you buy the jewelry there, then uh, you get to look all beautiful, or you can take it to your wife and help her look beautiful so you get the benefit, but the proceeds go to help, again, the gospel go out into Africa. Say this, we go, what God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great week.